Welcome everyone to the Grand Central Fantasy Podcast. The podcast that gets you where you need to be for your fantasy team. Now, please welcome your hosts, Sean and Mikey Rock. What is up, GCF fam? It's your boy, Sean, here. And as the Yankees are getting ass-raped on national television during the wildcard game, we are back with another edition of the Grand Central Fantasy Podcast. We are ready to wrap up week four. Look forward to week five. If I sound unsure, it's because I am. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my fucking guy, Mikey Reginald Rock. Mike, talk to the people. Let them know how you're feeling. Thank you for letting them all know my middle name. And I'm feeling great, Sean, especially after being at MetLife, seeing our J-E-T-S dominate the Titans. Dominate. I'm feeling great, dude. Shout out to the uh, 25 people on our live for uh, three seconds and then hopped off. I found out, Mike, that Twitter live is not the best. Um, it doesn't really like notify people when you go live and shit. So uh, maybe oh. that's why we didn't have a lot of people. But if we didn't get to your messages, you are obviously not a Patreon subscriber. And as always, we're sponsored by the Grand Central Fantasy Patreon, Patreon backslash Grand Central Fan. Um, the link is in our Twitter. Make sure that you go pledge it's five dollars a month that's the cheapest one like mike always says you can cancel anytime you get unlimited access to us um unlimited questions we answer everything you got um all this bullshit everything you need you get exclusive content if you were a patron and you were registered this month you would have got our exclusive podcast that was on there last week about buy low and just in general buy and sell candidates and a lot of those guys i, I don't want to give it away because i said it was totally exclusive to the patreon so i can't give away the candidates but a lot of those guys we told our patrons to buy before week four they ended up exploding and looking great in um you know this weekend's games and the thursday games. so make sure you go guys go sign up um you can find the link on our twitter at grand central fan and if you still can't um figure out technology in any form or fashion just dm us and we'll walk you through it um all right mike if you don't have anything else to add because and i doubt you do um let's just hop right into it uh how dare you assume that and yeah you're right i have nothing to add there we go uh except for adding respect on this uh on these six studs names so let's get this shit started talk to the people are I'm going to talk to the people about respect. OSBCP, baby. Aretha fucking Frank. Here we go. First up, our boy, your boy, my boy, Sammy Darnold. Hey. Darnold Schwarzenegger is living that good life with the Panthers. He left a toxic marriage, and he and it's like he's slaying females, making up for lost time. Oh, yeah. Swaggy Sam has thrown for at least 275 yards in all four of his games, which he's only done, I researched, six times in three years with Gang Green. Um, 
He has five rushing touchdowns on the season. Yes, five fucking rushing touchdowns on the season. Now, I know Darnold struggled somewhat this past week with the Cowboys blitz packages and whatnot, but if it translates to the number one quarterback in fantasy like it just did, I'll sign up for that shit any day. Put some respect on the Russian touchdown leader's name. Next up, Derek Hung- Henry. Derek Henry. Derek Hungry. Doesn't fucking matter. You know who I'm talking about. He's both. He is both, and he is uh, our first repeat offender of the season on the respect list. And this one's fucking personal to me. This one's personal, I think, to you too, Sean. Oh, yeah. Remember this offseason? Many of the so-called experts said Derrick Henry won't return his value in PPR format. They told us he's being drafted at his ceiling. All these guys tweeting from their mom's house while they're microwaving them fucking hot pockets. I hope they burnt their goddamn tongues uh, from what they saw because and what they've seen all year. Because Henry right now is the number one PPR fantasy running back. The number one in PPR. Our format. Who has two thumbs and fucking told you so? These guys. Derrick Henry, 155 rushing yards and league leading 510 rushing yards on this season. Crazy. It was over before it started, folks. Second place in fantasy um, this week and the Russian leader. It seems like the next closest guy, I think, is like 150 yards away. Put some respect on King Henry's name. And you won next. And you won your bet. (laughs) And I won my bet. Thank you. Player prop bet. Derrick Henry and Corey Davis. Shout out Corey Davis. Next, your boy, Saquon Barkley. The quad father forgives you, Sean. But don't cross the quad father ever again. You hear me? Um, Saquon's usage, it's gone up every single week. And against the Saints, he shined. 125 plus yards, five catches, and a rushing touchdown. Oh, and a receiving touchdown. Uh, forgive me, please. He had several big plays, and one of his touchdowns was a game winner in overtime. He's come back from serious injury, and I told you it's going to take time for them to give him his full workload. The scary thing is he's not there yet. He was second this past week for running backs in PPR, and now I think 10th overall on the season. I'm flexing my fucking quads right now. Put some respect on, say, quads name. Next, Debo Samuel. Debo. He's never going to be the number one Debo in our hearts. RIP Debo from Friday. But I could guarantee you he will always be the number one Debo in fantasy. Brandon Ayuk's funeral scheduled, I have a feeling, oh, yeah. in just a couple minutes, um, thanks to Reverend Sean. But uh, Debo Samuel had his best game of the season. 156 yards, two touchdowns to place him as the third best wide receiver in fantasy. Fifth in targets on the year. Has a 54 has 54% of target shares for San Francisco, which is insane considering he was going around, around the eighth or ninth round. Pat yourselves on the back. If you got this badass motherfucker on your team, put some respect on his name. Next, we got DJ Moore. Can we Let's talk go. about... Hey, Darnold, without talking about the elite chicka chicka DJ Moore. That was really corny. I don't give a fuck. Sunday was his second straight 100 yard game, 11th of his career. He's tied for the set. He's tied for second in the NFL with 30 receptions and four. Um, and I don't even know. I can't read what this says right here, but we need to figure out like a good nickname for DJ Moore and Sam Darnold, like a brand Brangelina, like we got some more DJ Darnold. Think of something, Sean, get back to me, put some respect on the hottest DJ in the game's name. Last but not least, the people have been waiting for this all fucking week. They wanted it last week. I said, he's got to show me a little something more. They're getting it this week. Sean, are you mentally prepared for this? Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. 
You've earned it. Put some respect on Clyde Edward Hilaire's name. And let me tell you. I was going to say. Very calm. No, it's coming. (laughs) You know the meme of Wolverine laying in the bed holding a picture? Yes, yes. And then they like cut to the picture to see what he's looking at? Mm-hmm. That was that was me Sunday night when when I got home from the Jet game. I was holding my Clyde Edwards Lair portrait while blasting Power Trip by J. Cole. Let's go. Got me up all night. Uh, all I'm singing is love songs. Uh, wow. And after yeah, not bad. After I put away um my lotion and, and I was tissues, say your lube, yeah. it was yes, yeah. It, it was time to watch the Clyde Edwards Lair highlights. Second straight week, 100 rushing yards. Second straight week of a receiving touchdown. These last two weeks are showing his true potential. And Andy Reid keeps showing his faith in him. New fl- newsflash, Sean, he was never my child. He's my lover. I'm no longer embarrassed Whoa. to be seen in public with him. Put some respect on Clyde Rock's name. We eat it at McDonald's. Buy anything you want off the dollar menu. My treat. Three three things max. That's it. That's it. Put some respect on Clyde Edward Hilaire's fucking name. Let's. I love it. I love it. Mike Mike is living in Alabama, dating his children. We love it. We love it. Listen, I I mean, what can I say? He shut me the fuck up. You let him out of the basement, let him into your bed. We can accept that. I mean, it's impressive. And I think just to get to the Chiefs real quick after all that, because I loved all those picks, the Chiefs really, if we're talking gambling, which we don't a lot, but we're both degenerate, so we really can. Um, that Chiefs minus seven bet was probably the easiest bet you will see all year. You could tell after everybody, oh, the Chiefs were in last place, blah, 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 all that bullshit. You knew they were going to come out running and come out hard. And the thing is, it's like Clyde Edwards, maybe they're starting to realize like he's the missing piece of this offense. Like maybe he doesn't just suck. Maybe it's more that like, hey, if we get this run game going and don't expect fucking um don't expect Mahomes to fucking hook us up every time, throw a million fucking passes all the time as Aaron Judge gets thrown out at home. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, I I could see that uh, you know, maybe this makes them a better team. Um so what do you think about that? Do you think this is sustainable from Clyde? Like you think we're going to see these numbers every fucking um, every week from him. So when you look at his numbers, I mean, he's not like one of the like elite guys. Oh, stay in off the wall. So I don't know if I'm delayed or not. I got to no, I'm sorry. Okay. I'll stop. No, talking it's OK. Baseball. It's OK. <laughs> oh, there he is throwing it at home. Oh, shucks. I feel so well, bad. Who are they? Who um, they sent me? Who are they sent? Boone, Boone doesn't suck, though. All right. I got to turn this game off. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm sorry, guys. Baseball's over. I turned it off. Um, yeah, I think it's sustainable what he's doing. I mean, he's not lighting it up. He's not like your RB one, RB two, RB three of the week. But where you, where you should have drafted him as like a second round pick, I think he's finally showing up like that. Um, at, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, this is Patrick Mahomes this is a passing offense, but I talk, I've talked about it a million times how running backs have flourished under Andy Reid, especially. We've seen it in fantasy football. I was going to say, we're finally seeing it now because it seemed like maybe with um, Clyde, it wasn't going to happen. You know what I mean? And it was scary. Clyde had a shitty rookie year, and then Le'Veon Bell came in, a guy who we thought was still in his prime, kind of, and then he didn't do shit under Andy Reid. So I, I think I said it on the podcast. Maybe it's because Reid's just getting away from the run game. Maybe he's. 
you know, he's never had a quarterback like Mahomes. You know, the best quarterback he ever had outside of Mahomes was probably Donovan McNabb, and they still ran the ball all the time with Brian Westbrook. Shout out that classic team, fucking swagged out. Um, but is you think Clyde Edwards is a buy, sell, or hold right now? I would hold him. I feel like you probably want to sell him. I would hold him right now. I'm not going out of my way for him, but if I have him on my team and he's putting up these numbers right now, I'm pretty happy with it. I think he could continue with this success. I mean, like I said, he 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 rushed for 100 yards, I think exactly week three. He rushed for just over 100 yards this past week. He's having very solid games. He's not having elite games. He's having very solid games. He's putting up, you know, High low end running back one, high end running back two numbers. I think he can continue to do that. Um, in large part because of this offense he's in. Uh, let's see if it's sustainable. I think it is. I know you probably have, you know, something else to say. I would it. hold him, but in the case of I've been seeing a lot of different trades, like because now we're starting to really get in a trade season, which get get, yes. gives me a fucking boner. It makes me go from a one inch chub to a one and a half rock hard boner and um big sean my thing is it's like i've been seeing a lot of people trying to trade cook after they didn't play in week three oh, and then the, the shitty game on. i'm i'm putting if somebody will take my clyde edwards hilaire for dalvin cook straight up or dalvin cook and madison handcuff like let's fucking do it i think a lot of owners are oh, getting frustrated yeah. i've been seeing cmc in deals even though he might even play this week i i doubt it but there's it looks like he has possibility of playing so it's like you know, I, I, w- I would hold him, but I also think it's okay to kind of, you know, shop him a little bit. Um, DJ Moore, DJ Darnold, that connection, I love both of them. I would start Darnold. I- I'm very interested to see your rankings. And by the way, if you haven't checked out um, Mike's rankings, they drop usually. What is it, Mike? Wednesdays or Thursdays? Usually Wednesday morning to afternoon. Wednesday morning. Range. I try to get them out early. So tomorrow, make sure you check grandsearchface.com or go back on the Twitter because Mike has some of the most accurate rankings in the business. I'm really curious to see um, where you put Darnold going into this week because he was ranked right around – him and Lamar were ranked very close, I think, in your rankings. Well, you had Lamar – fourth but you had Darnold I, I don't know exactly where but I had both on one of my teams and I seriously considered starting Darnold over Lamar for this week because he had a bad matchup and I was like you know what let me not let me let me relax and it really it sh- I should have because they're moving him around you know we're happy with Zach Wilson in New York especially after last week's game but Darnold really had it man and he still has it um, so him and DJ Moore connection. We've been on DJ Moore, just like you said, we've been on Henry. But before we get into taking respect off, I want to hear your genuine opinion on Saquon Barkley. Because listen, I've never, I even walked it back in a podcast a couple weeks ago. I never thought Saquon sucks. I just think the Giants suck. And I think for once they were telling us the truth and they actually, you know, were pacing him and building him back up off the ACL tear. But 
I, I wonder how long this is going to last. Are you buying, holding, or selling him? Because I'm selling him while his value is high and it looks good. And honestly, I would try to get a low-end RB1 and maybe a mid-tier wide receiver one to go. I'm trying to sell high, 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 or, or even maybe Saquon for Dalvin Cook. What, how are you feel about Saquon? Uh, I would hold him. Again, I would hold him. I would play it safe. Like I said, I think his numbers are going to continue to increase. I don't think he's going to get to where he was, you know, a year a year or two ago when he was completely dominating out of the backfield. He was getting I don't know how many targets, eight nine targets a game, and I uh, I don't think he, I don't think he's going to get to that this season. But he's progressing to it. They're taking it slow, like we've told everybody all along. That's what's going to happen. I I think I think he's going to continue to get better. I'm I'm not going to put him in that tier one elite category with. You know, a CMC, Alvin Kamara, uh, Dalvin Cook, those guys. But I really think he could this season bring it up to like that second tier, just because I think the volume is going to be there, and volume is king to me. And he do, he just does it. He could do it all as a running back. We haven't seen we really haven't seen him like tear it up yet as an actual rusher. But he's getting his you know fifteen carries a game. He's getting his. I think he's averaging like five to six targets a game right now. And now he's starting to see the end zone. He's sniffing the end zone. He's scoring a little bit. Once that starts happening, then I, you know, I think he's going to start to take off. I'm not going to buy it. Cause I know everyone's going to be, you know, want, I don't know, a, a handful for him, but I would just hold Pat with Saquon right now and uh, enjoy the ride. If you drafted Saquon, um, you drafted him for this. So I doubt you're going to sell him. But I would at least shop and see what you can get. Little disappointed that we didn't see um, Jonathan Taylor on the respect list. But honestly, he needs another week for sure because he had a good too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, yes. you already know. I don't want to get fooled. Yeah, exactly. You already know the deal with the GCF podcast. We're all about balance here, the yin and the yang. So now it's time to take some respect off these motherfuckers' names. And this one, Mike, this week. I got to say, sometimes it's painful, man, because, you know, I'm I'm a man of honor and uh, integrity and tradition and uh, a lot of other big words that other people on this doesn't, podcast may not like understand. Um, but that being said, sometimes I got to throw some of my guys under the bus. And last week I had to do that a lot. But this week, this week feels good, Mike. First off, we got Miles. Gaskin, that's right, Mike's boy, Mike's boy, Miles Gaskin, the Dolphins RB1, the man you drafted in the second round, not you, Mike, but a lot of people listening. Mike, two attempts for three yards and absolutely no targets, okay? He got outpaced by the backup running back, the name I didn't write down because who the fuck cares? Miles Gaskin, he's honest, honestly, hot take, hot take alert, you ready? Miles Gaskin droppable. Trash. <laughs> I love this. Trash I player. Love this trash organization. Trash franchise. Dolphins suck. Next up, we got Brandon A. Oh, One catch on three targets for 15 yards. Guess what, boys and girls? Brandon Ayuk droppable. Droppable. I saw Mike in a tweet. You said a couple weeks ago that Brandon Ayuk was a must own right now. That shit turned left so fucking fast. And at the time you said it, it was right, but he fucking 
proved himself to be absolute garbage. This is a guy, I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know what's going on, but he is not what we were expecting going into this year. And it's clear that Debo Samuels is that guy. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. Next, we got Kirk Cousins, 203 yards and one touchdown. This is peak Kirk Cousins, okay? Peak Cousins. The second you think you can rely on him, the second you think you can fucking put all your eggs in one basket and go with fucking uh, Cousins, oh, you like that? You like that? Yeah, I like finishing out of the top 15 for quarterbacks again, Kirk. Great. And if you followed us on GrandSunchFantasy.com and looked at the rankings, you would know that he was not in our top 12. He was in, he was 15th. Next up, Mike, we have... This is probably the most satisfying one that I have right now. Tyler fucking Lockett. I get messages every time Lockett has a big game. Oh, you see? You see? Tyler Lockett is officially Tyreek Hill Jr., okay? This is a guy that has puts up massive numbers, massive weeks, and then, listen, four receptions on five targets for 24 yards. The week before, he had four receptions on four targets and 32 yards, I believe. Two straight weeks of trash for guys that are rolling him out there as a wide receiver one. Take some respect off his goddamn name. He is not a wide receiver one. He is a mid-tier wide receiver two at best by the end of the year he will be a flex play mark my word next up and finally we have this one actually hurts a little bit mike but you know what i'm i'm starting to fall out of favor with everybody in tennessee that's not named derrick henry and that's gonna be fucking aj brown okay this is a guy if you go back and listen to our uh, wide receiver preview podcast i was fucking all about A.J. Brown. I said, this is going to be the last year you can get him outside of the top five wide receivers. Listen, he's hurt again. He has never fucking started a season, for Christ's sake. I, like, he's still very young, but it's always something with this guy. Always a fucking injury. He's still not going to play. We don't. They don't think he's going to play this week. If he does, it might be a miracle. Julio's out, too. Ta- you might as well take some respect out of all of the fucking um, Tennessee wide receivers. We watch them shit the bed ourselves live at Jet Life Stadium. Take some respect off. AJ Brown and all these trash ass wide receivers in Tennessee. Mike, talk to me. Ah, uh, no, man. I mean, for the most part, you fucking hit the nail in the coffin. Miles Gaskin, dude. Drop. He was such a hot topic. <laughs> Drop Miles Gaskin. He was such a hot topic in the offseason. Where he was going, I I don't know exactly what round he was going in. Maybe fourth, maybe fifth, and people were saying that it was a steal. He's gonna put he could put up low end running back one numbers. I was always a little skeptical of him because you know he missed some time last year. Other Dolphin running backs stepped up um, and performed with him out. Two carries, Sean. You said two it's carries. Disgusting. That's insane. Matt, and it's scary because Malcolm Brown, who when he signed with the Dolphins, people were kind of saying how he was eating into um, uh, Cam Akers' carries last year, I believe, right? Um, And Henderson's Mm -hmm. carries with the Rams. And they were saying, you know, this could happen over there with the Dolphins. And he had eight carries for the Dolphins. Like, is is Gaskins falling out of favor there? Is he hurt? Like, 
the the Dolphins organization, their offense, the Dolphins organization should be fucking ashamed of themselves for all these draft picks they've acquired over the past couple of years and how they've missed on everyone. No one wants to talk about it. They've missed on so many of these fucking picks. Tua sucks. Tua um, does suck. Ayuk, dude, I'm I'm so fed up with him, and I was like all about him. I had him last year in fantasy, a couple of leagues. I thought he was, you know, presented some solid value in the drafts, and it's just like a, it's a totally different person, man. He's just like, it's a totally different guy. Um, I think he had, uh, he showed a little glimmer of hope like week three, so I got a little excited. I'm like, all right, maybe, you know, he was hurt. He's, you know, signs are showing that he's healthy. He's coming back, and nothing again. Six targets combined between week one, two, and four. It's it's insane. So um, Tyler Lockett. You know, I don't. I really don't need to say much about him because I fucking hate the guy. Like, just as a player, and I think personally, I just don't like him. Maybe it's his face, but he's he was outside my top twenty-five when we did our wide receiver podcast. He was there for a reason. Um, he's just too hot and cold, and he's more often cold than anything. He's he puts up those weeks where he's going to get three, four fucking touchdowns, and then uh, it, did Tyler Lockett go on vacation this month? Like, where is he? Um, AJ Brown. It's a damn shame. Guy can't stay healthy. Hopefully, he gets on the field because you know people invested a heavy price tag on him, and it's just it's disgusting that he can't be on the field. I need my fucking guys on the field when I draft him. You can't come and play fucking eight games, nine games, ten games, and put up some pretty dominant numbers, but not show up for the other six or seven. So fuck that. Um, I kind of take offense to one of the guys though, Sean, and that's Kirk Cousins. And I did leave him off my top twelve. I did. But Kirk Cousins has started the season off very hot. He's had a bunch of touchdowns. He's making all these players relevant on offense. Obviously, Adam Thielen and Jefferson and Cook are going to get theirs, but he's making these other players relevant. relevant Or he's just, he's being relevant by the supporting cast, or it's the other way around. You know what I'm saying? It, It could be, but at the same time, you know, you're put into a situation to succeed, and he has been succeeding from an offensive standpoint. I think he has like three, um, three touchdowns or in every game. Maybe not. I think maybe at eight touchdowns. He had close to a thousand yards the first three games. So he has been putting up numbers from a fantasy standpoint. This was a tougher game against Cleveland, and you know what? He started off that game with a touchdown. So I was like, all right, let's yeah. fucking go. Like I hate Cleveland. I hate Baker. I hate the city. Like it just, I just don't like anything about the Cleveland Browns. But you know, he started the game for the touchdown. I said, all right, here we fucking go, and then that was it. It fell flat. Um, Dalvin cook, obviously his ankle was still bothering him. He only had so many carries. He didn't do much with it. So, um, I get it. Take some respect off his name, but more importantly, those other four guys deserve all the fucking respect off their names. Their mother should be fucking disgusted. They are. Their mother is, uh, disgusted. I can confirm. Um, all right. Week four in the books. Honestly, can't believe we're to week four, Mike. This is fucking insane. Um, this is week. I know what we passed week four. I mean, come on. Oh, okay. Try to okay. Keep um, all right. What are we looking forward to in week five? Because my first one is definitely something I know that people want to hear. So break it down. I mean, you can go first if you want. You sound really excited. Well, first there. of all, let, let's jump in because I want to switch it up to Miles fucking yeah. Sanders. Okay. There's some reports coming out that, and, and a lot of them I looked at, they're not really confirmed it's like a lot of press chatter um our guy uh one of our patrons on um 
on Twitter. I forget. I only, he changed his Twitter name. It used to be fantasy addict. It's fantasy addict now. Um, but he sent it to me and he was saying, it said that they might be going to a committee in Philly if they don't, if Sanders doesn't separate himself, but they also don't give him the opportunity that he really would need. Um, you know, week one was good. 15 attempts, 74 yards, um, four receptions, 39 yards. In in half PPR, that's 14 points. Last three weeks in half PPR, he's had five and a half points three every week. Um, two weeks ago against Dallas, he only got two attempts. And that was a blowout. I mean, Hurts looked like shit. We, we, we really get it. We understand why that happened. But this week against Kansas City, man, I know they got blown out too. But you really, if you don't establish the run, in football, I mean, you're really not going to go anywhere unless you're the Chiefs and you see the Chiefs even have struggles. So, um, you know, we saw Sanders get seven attempts, 13 yards, three receptions on three targets, 34 yards, nothing crazy. And Mike, I want to give you a little stat before I have a question for you, because we've been getting a lot of fucking questions on Miles Sanders and rightfully so. Most touches this season without a touchdown. This is on Twitter. This is um, Ian Harris at I Harrods. Chase Edmonds leads the league, my guy, with 63 touches, no touchdowns, and I think that'll turn around for him. Um, Leo Fournette, 59. Alexander Madison, 48. Um, Miles Sanders, 48. And your boy, Miles Gaskin, 41. So it's Sanders is getting a little bit unlucky. I think he just kind of. He has another coach that isn't a fan of his style of play. And people forget, this is only Sanders' third year in the league, I believe. I mean, this should be prime time for a running back, especially a guy like him that, you know, he's not like a generational talent like a Derrick Henry or, a you know, Christian McCaffrey where he can probably, well, McCaffrey, who knows anymore, but, um, you know, like Ezekiel Elliott or um, I don't even know these guys go so quick, but, um, you know, he's a guy we would expect to be running a lot, a lot. And he's just not what Mike, what would you do right now? If you were a Miles Sanders owner, like gun to your head, what's your gut say? Well, first of all, I wouldn't have to be in this situation cause I would never draft him. And I told everyone not to draft him, but gun to my head. If I'm a Miles Sanders owner, Pull the trigger, kill me. No, um, I guess I don't know. I mean, I I would try to maybe see if there was any trade value with them. I don't think it, it can't be that high with them right now. You're so low if you're selling, like bottom line. Yeah. So my guess is I would just hold on to them and hope that you know there's a gl- glimmer of hope. Uh, he comes up with a couple solid weeks and then dish them off then because I'm I would be very concerned if I'm a Miles Sanders owner. I mean, we we talked about Sanders in the past, um, how good of a pass catcher he is, and that role almost is kind of disappearing for him with Kenneth Gainwell over there. Yeah. You know? Um, I I like Gainwell a lot. He was talked about a lot when he was first drafted, and I spoke about this um, in one of our podcasts or blogs. I can't remember which one about how Kenneth Gainwell was getting all this attention when he first got drafted and how this guy's going to beat out Miles Sanders to be the starting running back. And I think it was like a fifth round pick. I'm like, I don't know, this is kind of premature for all of that. And then it kind of disappeared once, you know, our draft started. So a lot of people didn't really get a chance to draft him or, you know, didn't need to roster him. And I mean, if you did touche, because Gainwell is 
been targeted a lot out of the backfield and he's seeing the field a lot. Um, I, I would, I 100% would worry about having Miles Sanders on my team. It's just, he's not really seeing the field as much as you would want your, uh, as much as a running back one, you'd want a hundred percent. And honestly, if you don't move on from Sanders now and kind of take whatever you can get, it doesn't look any better at all coming up schedule wise this week. He's got Carolina, um, they're on the road to Carolina. The next week, they're home versus Tampa Bay. Then they go out to Vegas. And Vegas defense, as we saw on Monday night, isn't anything crazy. But they got, you know, they got some hitters on that team. Then they go to the Chargers. Then they're in Denver. It's just not looking good. So I would probably hold him as well. But if I would be looking to package him, I would have to mentally downgrade him in my head. Even though you might have taken him in the second or third round, he's not a second or third round talent. So if you have Miles Sanders and Tyler Lockett and you want to package them together and build and, and send them off for like a solid RB2 or wide, high end wide receiver two or something like that, or wide receiver one, I mean, um, you know, you, I would make a move along those lines for sure. So that's the official Grand Central Fantasy deal with um, Miles Sanders. I believed in him. I believed in him more than Mike, but just the way I see this going with the offensive line and the, you know, Jalen Hurts just running around like crazy. I mean, Hurts is borderline the RB1 of this team. You know what I mean? So it's kind of, I feel I feel bad for Sanders, man, because I think he's talented. I just think he's in a shitty situation. I can agree with that somewhat. I think he's somewhat of an explosive player. He kind of has playmaker abilities, but we just don't see it enough with him. And I don't know. He just doesn't. Maybe he's just not a good fit there in Philadelphia, like you said, with Jalen Hurts, uh, with that quarterback play there. I just can't get behind Miles Sanders. I never, I, I never really could because I you haven't seen enough of consistency with him. In his young career, like I believe, you know, he, I believe it is his third year in the league right now. And I just, I haven't liked what I've seen. And now that Kenneth Gainwell is starting to get more comfortable in this offense, starting to see more reps in this offense, he's taken over um, as, you know, the third down back. He's making, I think he had his um, career high in receptions and targets this past week with six catches and eight targets. I've been talking about him so much on my waiver wire blog, which I post every week. I post it early for you guys. Check it out on there. I think I renamed the waiver wire actually um, the game wire wire because this is the third time I've had him on the waiver wire this year. He's only owned in, I don't know. um, I don't know if I have the numbers in front of me. He he was owned before when I was making the waiver wire column, 25% of ESPN leagues, 29% of Yahoo leagues. You have to go out there and get him in in PPR formats right now if he's available because they just keep looking his way and his usage just keeps going up. That is scary news for Miles Sanders. All right, Mike, let's move on. What's next? What are you looking forward to in week five? All right, um, week five, let's talk about San Francisco 49ers offense. And we saw what happened with Jimmy Garoppolo this past week, exited with a calf injury. Trey Lance enters in the beginning of the third quarter. It wasn't the prettiest of games, but he did flash some big playability. He hit Debo Samuel on a blown coverage play, but it went for 76-yard touchdown. He hit Debo Samuel, I believe, twice. 
I think both the touchdowns came from Lance. But besides that, it was kind of like no life in the San Francisco offense. And it's been it's been relatively dis- disappointing over there considering, you know, with Brandon Ayuk, we talked about him earlier. You drafted him in the fourth, fifth round, wherever you drafted him. George Kittle really hasn't gotten it going. Uh, I believe he got injured again. You know, nothing serious, but that's just a reoccurring theme with George Kittle. Yeah, he's definitely injury the prone running now, man. He's like... I don't want I don't want anything to do with him. Well, yeah, and we I think we both I'm not sure if you did, but I'm I know I did when we did our tight end ranking podcast, I put Darren Waller ahead of him. And I know some people had some things to say about that, but it just Yeah, he just gets hurt all the time, man. And he played through a lot of it, but last year I guess enough was enough and he couldn't do it. So Trey Lance it originally looked like Trey Lance is gonna be the starter this week. I still think he's gonna uh, it just all depends on Jimmy Garoppolo's injury, if he can tolerate the pain, if he could play through it. I don't think he's nope. playing this week. With that with that said, eventually I think Trey Lance is going to take over as a San Francisco quarterback. That's inevitable This sometime this season, even if Garoppolo comes back healthy. My question to you, Sean, is what what is the 49ers offense going to look like with Trey Lance? I want to know. Who's benefiting from Trey Lance? Who is not benefiting from Trey Lance? Is Trey Lance going to be a better fantasy quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo right now? Is he going to bless these players? Talk to me about the San Francisco offense. Close your eyes. Picture Trey Lance in your head. And are we going to reek the benefits from Trey Lance as a quarterback if we own any running back, wide receiver? Dude, I think the biggest beneficiary of Trey Lance starting in San Francisco from a fantasy perspective. I'm going to go out on a limb here, but the biggest beneficiary is Trey fucking Lance himself. Okay. This is a guy that Mm. went in there. He threw 50%. Let me see. He threw 50% on his passes, which we'd want more obviously, but still we'll take it. 157 yards. And he had seven carries for 41 yards, two touchdowns to Debo. My thing is this. And this is the biggest thing I was looking for when I got the notification that it it changed and shit. The quarterback change happened. My thing is I needed to make sure that that connection with Debo Samuel is still there. And clearly it was because he threw two touchdowns to him. So Debo is safe. I'm happy with that. I don't think by any means Trey Lance is a startable player right now, especially this week at Arizona. I love him coming off the bye in week seven against Indianapolis at home if Jimmy G is still hurt. But honestly, man, I I think we'll see a little bit more of the run game depending on who's going to be there. Mitchell didn't play again. He was my start of the week, and then he didn't fucking play. And then Sermon had a good game, but he didn't find the end zone. That's okay. I think we'll start to see this mm-hmm. offense look a little bit more like the offenses we see with quarterbacks that run. I mean, some people say if your quarterback can run, your team is done. I don't know about that. I mean, we saw Lamar go not too far in the playoffs, but win an MVP. I mean, Kyler Murray's playing like an MVP, but you know, we don't see these teams ever really win the Super Bowl. But Trey Lance, I think, is cut from that same cloth. I think he could be like a Kyler Murray type and not as good as Kyler Murray. Don't get me wrong. Kyler Murray is a midget in football standards, but honestly, dude, people forget he was drafted in 
uh, football and baseball. Like this guy is an elite level athlete. So, I mean, there, you're going to see a lot of Trey Lance or you're going to see a lot of Kyler Murray to Trey Lance comparisons coming up in the next couple of weeks. Don't fall for it, but I do, I would stash Trey Lance. I think as the year goes on, I think he could be good. And I'm kind of sensing that you don't agree with that. No, I think Trey Lance could be good, man. I'm I'm coming. I've came around on him uh, earlier on, and you know what I was doing. You know, you know, I'm not the biggest college football guy. If you if you ever have any college football questions, Sean yes. is your guy to talk to. I know. I I just don't follow college football. NFL is my forte, strictly NFL. Um, with that said, you know, earlier on I did I did my scouting. No, I I was looking up um scouting reports on Trey Lance as the quarterback. Once the draft was approaching, because I wanted to get a clearer picture of this guy, um, knowing that he was possibly going to be a top pick and, you know, eventually was. So th- this is just what notes that I had earlier on in the year. Um, uh, very good pocket movement, does a good job of consistently keeping his eyes downfield. And with that, when they say that about Trey Lance, like we're always talking about him, you know, running around with his legs. But like a lot of these reports are to him. Like the first things they're talking about are him as a quarterback, as a thrower. Like he's a very good thrower. He has good arm strength. He throws a good deep ball. Um, and he shows a lot of toughness in the pocket. A lot of these reports out of college was, yeah, this guy can move. He could scramble out of the pocket, but he stays in that pocket and he's willing to um deliver on throws with pressure breathing down his neck. So I like that in my quarterback, um, especially a guy who's a dual threat. He'll stay in the pocket. He'll take the hit. Um whatever it takes to get, you know, the best accurate throw down the field. So I, I do like Trey Lance and I, I just like that. It's going to be, I think it's going to bring more flash and um, buzzing to the fucking 49ers offense, something sexier than just Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Dual threat quarterback is almost the way of the future now in NFL, you know, the NFL is always evolving and this is starting to be the new norm for a quarterback. And, I think, you know, he's going to, the receivers are going to benefit. I think Debo Samuel will still put up his numbers. I think George Kittle will benefit more from this as long as he could stay healthy because a tight end is always a safety blanket that a rookie quarterback needs. But also, I think we need to talk about the 49ers run game, who is, you know, you, no matter what, the 49ers are going to run the ball. And it's safe to say that they're always going to have a strong rushing attack with Kyle Shanahan uh, on the throne. But, you know, at the very least, the 49ers running game is going to be like superior with Lance at the quarterback position because a defense not only has to worry about it, the quarterback as a runner, it, you know, it, it, it's going to make your the team that much harder to defend when your quarterback's running the ball. So I don't know. I think it's just going to bring like a level, extra level confusion to the defense. And I just think that, you know, it like you said, it might not be the best he might not be the best fit right now as he's a rookie and this is going to be his first start in the NFL if he starts Sunday but down the down the road this guy's a he's a mustache on your fantasy roster 100% man 100% and I I have him in a couple leagues already I took him late and I had been holding him um you know I we just really have to see because 
I don't know if they're going to dick him around and if, if he's going to start or whatever. Jimmy G always has some stupid fucking injury. It's never some like major thing like torn ACL or anything like that. It's always like a shoulder or a fucking knee or something that he misses like three to six weeks every year. And some Niner fans wondered why they traded their whole fucking farm to go get um, this kid. You know what I'm saying? In the draft. But, you know, it, it the thing with yeah. him is it's all about from a fantasy perspective, if you can figure out if you can get a quarterback that has that dual threat that can run then listen we're we're really all about that that's why we're always take a flyer on him and speaking of you know running in the rushing game i want to bring up to you mike for looking forward to this week and even beyond the detroit lions man okay this game was a big, big, big disappointment from you know a Lions truther perspective. I think the Lions are a solid team. I think their coach is a little fucking crazy. Did you see what the coach said today? Today, no. What do you say? I love Dude, it, man. I personally love it. He's fucking out of his mind. I have you, to you confirm. That, I have to confirm because I heard this on the radio. What's his name? Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. Okay. So let me just confirm that this happened. Bad radio right now. Dude, we're going to eat yes, kneecaps. They, they eat kneecaps, and then he – yes, this is what eat, he did. He yeah. did say this today. Jesus fucking Christ. He said, coffee doesn't get the job done anymore. I've progressed to harder stuff. It's been snowing in Allen Park. I'll have to leave it at that. I had a fucking boy. <laughs> That's – I'm trying to fucking go to Detroit. I'm going to the Motor City and fucking partying Dude, with Dad Cam. I love why, cocaine. Bro. Nobody has done more coke than me back in the day, but Jesus Christ. As a fucking <laughs> as a fucking NFL uh uh co- head coach, or I know it's probably a joke, whatever. Imagine if he said that shit in New York. Oh my god, people would go oh, they'd be crazy. All, he'd be crucified. He yeah, really that, said that. I know, right? That's the, on Google. I just typed in Dan Campbell on uh, Google, and the first word that pops up after him was coffee. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And of course, we've never done any drugs. Um, you know, we're just we're playing we're playing characters oh, no, on this podcast. I'm all about just the dare so, program. Know. But anyway, dare, dare I, I did the dare three times and still have five DUIs. Anyway, um, so Failed. in this game, this Lions game, which I picked uh, the Lions to beat the Bears, they lost by ten. Um, Justin Fields, who almost made the Respect off column again, but I mean, I just feel like I was being a bully. He didn't do shit, but for the Lions, man, Jared Goff, another pretty solid game, almost 300 yards passing, 299 yards, um, two touchdowns. My big thing here is this. For the skill players, my boy Jamal Williams, 14 carries, 65 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, he's clearly outpacing DeAndre Swift, who I also like a lot. Um, Swift got eight carries for 15 yards, but you know that's not where his bread and butter is. Let's go to the receiving. Swift got four receptions for 33 yards, no touchdowns. Um, Williams got no receptions this game. Hawkinson, who we were kind of high on, and he looked like he was going to pay those dividends to be taken in the fifth or sixth round. Um, but you know, this week he had. Four receptions for 42 yards, no touchdowns. Nobody did anything really crazy. Um, so, Mike, what are you thinking from a perspective? It looks like this kid, uh, Khalif Raymond, caught both touchdowns, and it was his first um, time in the end zone 
in since like 2019, I think I read today. So I'm like, what is your take on the Lions future? Are there any guys who you feel like are still must owns or are you kind of shopping all of that? Because I know a lot of people that have Swift and Williams and they don't know if they should start both of them or one or shop both of them or keep one. What are you thinking? I mean, Jared Goff's Jared Goff. If you're starting Goff, you're either in a really deep league or your team sucks. But what are you thinking about the running backs? I got to admit, I was not as high on Swift as some other people in the industry. I just wasn't feeling it after last year. I was worried about injuries. And it's really caught me by surprise how dominant he's been. In fantasy this year, I I like. Well, I mean, from a passing standpoint, he really has been. I mean, he's been targeted. I think the second most out of any running back in fantasy this year. Um, and I don't know. I mean, his numbers. I, I'm pretty sure he's like. Isn't he almost a top five fantasy back in, in PPR, a PPR format? He is. I think you're I, right. I, but just looking at his numbers. In week one, he 11 carries. Let's just do his receiving. In uh, week one, he had eight receptions on 11 targets, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Great game. Week two against Green Bay, not so much. He had 41 receiving yards, four catches. Um, Balt- but then Baltimore, he had seven targets, seven catches, 60 um receiving yards and I believe he did have a rushing touchdown. He hasn't gotten over 47 rushing yards all um year and then last week he had a bad game. So right now he's he's been either a running back one or a low end flex play. There's no in between. Okay. Well, I mean, I with all the talk about DeAndre Swift, you would think he's exactly. that's my the point. Fire. That's the thing. Um but I think I don't know. My computer's on the fucking fritz. But in PPR leagues, I'm pretty sure he's you know he's putting in work. With that said, he you know everyone's talking so highly about him that I I would 100% try to explore and see what I can get for him because I don't know if his value will ever be higher than this. I think he's getting a lot of these catches and stuff, and he's doing well in PPR because Jared Goff is kind of like. I don't know how much you've watched of Detroit's offense this year, Sean, and I haven't watched, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not really trying to tune into Detroit Mm -hmm. offense every game, but he's been checking down the ball a lot. Um, He's not really um, been very accurate throwing the ball down the field. I had a stat over here. Um, He, um, what's it say? Goff's considering his air completion yards are the lowest for qualified quarterbacks. He's not really throwing the ball down the field and uh, completing the ball. Uh, so that's why I think Swift's taking full advantage of it. I don't know how long that's going to um, roll with Detroit. So I like Swift. I really do. But I would definitely try to seek and see what his value is on the trade market while his value is this high. I don't know if it's ever going to stay this high, if he's going to stay healthy and whatnot. The only other guy, I mean, I I love Jamal Williams. You know, I was huge on Jamal Williams. I talked about how the, in the offseason, the Jets need to sign him. I want him on my fucking team. That's how much I love him. But I'm just worried about him from a fantasy standpoint still because I just think that Detroit isn't going to win many games. They're not going to put him in positions every week to to get as many carries and the workload that he's been getting because I feel like they're going to be playing from behind a lot. Could be wrong about that. That's just my guess. Um, and 
But the only guy that I really find somewhat fantasy relevant is TJ Hawkinson. Because like I said, Jared Goff has really become a check down quarterback. Um, and in those situations, a lot of time, obviously, you're going to hit your running back when you're checking down. We don't see anything with these receivers. Or you're going to go to your tight end um, who's going to run a couple yards out. You just dump the ball off to him. TJ Hawkinson, exactly. That's been happening with him because he's averaged over nine targets per game. If you take away the week three dud, I'm sorry, I have to do that. But if you take away that week three dud, his other three games, he's averaging nine targets a game, which will, it, it ranks higher than any other tight end in the game besides Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller. So for that reason alone, I feel like, you know, I, I don't feel too confident with Detroit at, uh, at all. But TJ Hawkinson, I, I don't know. I mean, I've been consistently putting them like top three ahead of George Kittle in my rankings each week. It kind of burned me the last two weeks or so, but there's a reason. Mike, let me give you the top uh, 10 PPR running backs from week one to week four, okay? Shout out Fantasy Pros. Number one, Derrick Henry. Um, Number two, the the, uh, GCF um, mascot himself, Austin Eckler. Number three in only three games, Cordell Patterson. Number four, Najee Harris. Number five, Aaron Jones. Number six, Ezekiel Elliott, GOAT. Number seven, Dondre Swift. Number eight, Kareem Hunt. Jesus fucking Christ. Number nine, James Robinson. And number 10, Saquon Barkley. Okay, so you're right. I mean, DeAndre Swift's right up there. I'm holding Swift and I'm holding Williams. Yeah. Um, Like you said, Mike, I definitely get where you're coming from, where, hey, maybe that they're going to be behind and and – they're really not going to be running a lot. But like you said, you gave that stat about Jared Goff. Like he's not really throwing in the air, you know, laterally. He's kind of dumping it off a lot and, you know, really letting the receivers and the running backs do all the work. He's kind of just, you know, being a game manager like my boy Tom Brady, who invented being a game manager. So, um, you know, I would hold these guys. I would hope that we see more from – DeAndre Swift, more consistency from DeAndre Swift for sure. And, you know, just hold them. Just be smart. If you have both and you have to pick one, always start DeAndre Swift. As much as I love um, Williams, I think this is definitely a guy that, uh, you know, his ceiling is just way too high. I mean, just think about it. I'm scrolling this thing right now, and, uh, you know, DeAndre Swift is seven, and I'm still, oh, Jamal, and, and Jamal Williams is 19. So that, that kind of tells you all you need to know about this. And Hawkinson, he's going to turn around. Listen, if you drafted TJ Hawkinson in the sixth or seventh round, much like Kyle Pitts, you're really not doing You're basically stuck. So, you know, just enjoy the ride because I think he's going to be fine. Um, all right, Mike, what do you have next up? All right. Um, I want to talk about Washington football team's offense and how I think that we're sleeping on him. Not us in particular, but just the fantasy football world might just be sleeping on them a little bit. So much so that I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing the quarterback's name right. And Taylor Haneke. I knew you were you can't pronounce Heineke. So <laughs> I know, I know. Um that's how much um you know Heineke I mean, I've watched in my career. But no, um this office this offseason um Washington brought in Fitzpatrick, right? And we thought shit was going to be popping in Washington with Fitz. It didn't happen. Injury ruined that. 
he's out for a very long time. I'm not even sure what his window is. I think it was like 8, 10, 12 weeks, something like that. But Washington brought in Taylor Heineke, I believe, last season. And um, I talked heavy shit about him, even though I don't know how to say his name. But he he stepped up tremendously. And to make this offense so much more relevant than I thought a backup quarterback at Washington really could. So let's show a little respect to Washington right here. And then I want to get your thoughts on it. In three games that Heineke started, he's been the quarterback eight in fantasy. That's better than your boy, Tom Brady, your boy, Aaron Rodgers, your boy, Justin Herbert, your boy, Russell Wilson, your boy, Matthew Stafford, and your boy, Dak Prescott in that time period. That's some pretty good company right there in itself. Uh, He probably played his last game, his best game this past week. Um, And... He played probably the best game against the Buffalo Bills this year than any other quarterback in the four weeks, which is pretty impressive. So um, he's at, he has eight touchdowns, three picks, 800-plus yards in his starts. He deserves some credit for the success um, that the offense has endured, despite being passed around several times in the last few seasons from a bunch of different teams. Shout out Heineke. Let's talk about Antonio Gibson. Um, heard a lot of crit- criticism about him early on after people draft him in the second round, and he's been he's beginning to eat. We were told, you know, he was going to get that CMC involvement in the offense. That didn't happen. But the last two weeks, he's been a top ten running back. Uh, JD McKissick, he's eating as well. We were told he was undraftable after he had over a hundred targets last season. Stay away from him because Antonio Gibson's going to eat. No, J.D. McKissick has been putting in work. He's getting his targets. He's one of the most targeted running backs the last three weeks of the season. Let's talk about Scary Terry, the man that everyone seems to avoid. We talk about him all the time. Allen Robinson Jr., as I call him, quite possibly the most underappreciated player in football. He's sixth in fantasy for wideouts. Sixth. He He just does the unthinkable each year, it seems like. Washington's getting Curtis Samuel back finally. Um, he appeared in a game in, uh, this past week, first game back from injury. So things are trending in the right direction for the offense while the defense ugh, has been fucking abysmal. Um, for fantasy purposes, if I own anyone on a Washington football team, um, I'm pretty happy with my return right now. But the realistic question, we're talking about Washington here, you know, that when they're not known for, you know, running teams over with their offense, is this sustainable for the Washington football team offense? Is the fantasy production we're Hell getting? Hell yeah, dude. I mean, Heineke and Sam Darnold are like the epitome of the quarterback that you go get if you wait on quarterback. You just say, fuck it. I don't care. I'm just going to go out there and, um, do what I got to do and just draft a bunch of wide receivers, running backs, and I'll figure out my fucking um, quarterback later on. So I I think Heineke, I've been a believer since the giant game where he threw for all those fucking yards and he like, he fed it to scary Terry. And like, I mean, what do you threw? He threw for 336 yards and then Buffalo 212. you know, like you said, nothing crazy, but I mean, the guy, he, he, he's throwing some picks, so let me do the math real quick. He has eight touchdowns and three interceptions. I mean, I'll take that 
any fucking got three interceptions. two yeah, in the yeah. Buffalo game. Yep, that defense can be tricky, especially up there in Orchard Park. You know, Bills Mafia, dude. Like, it can get crazy for especially a young quarterback. But, you know, last week in Atlanta, three touchdowns. Looking good to fucking um, McLaurin. I mean, I you got you guys know how we feel about McLaurin. We love him. He's a buy, buy, buy. I'm never fucking selling him. I think he's going to be more. You know, he's going to be close to top five next year. Um, he was ninth overall for me. I think maybe even a little higher. Um, I don't know. I think it was nine. Actually, I'm thinking about it. But I mean, Mike, their schedule. I don't see nothing pops out to me like oh fuck until. Maybe right before their bye week, they play New Orleans at home, Kansas City at home. They go to Green Bay, and then they're at Denver. That's going to be a tough game for them. But, you know, then they come out of the bye. They got Tampa. Um, mm-hmm. That'll be tough. Carolina schedule gets a little weak, gets a little tough from the 8 to 11 stretch. But then they got Seattle, trash defense, Vegas, nothing crazy. Dallas, improved, but still nothing to be scared of. Then they, they're playing the division. They, they're going against Philly in week. 15 we're in the playoffs now um you know that's nothing to be scared of again then we got dallas in what would be the semi-final for most leagues this year and then for the championship they got Philly at home you're telling me i can get scary terry i could get mckissick i could get antonio or uh, antonio gibson um you know i'll fucking take that shit all day long so i'm buying all these guys even jd mckissick man i mean he's he is risky to start on a week-to-week basis because you gotta hope that he's gonna um you know kind of get i mean he's been targeted in a lot of games the most targets he's had six in the giant game a couple weeks ago and last week he had five targets and he's getting you know last week he had seven rushes but he just doesn't he doesn't do anything with the rushes you just really gotta hope that he finds the end zone in receiving i I think mckissick is a perfect little um you know high-end flex play for sure and antonio gibson man i mean he is the quintessential running back too he is the guy that you want to pair with a, you know, I would like with a Derrick Henry, with an elite guy. He's a guy that hopefully you got in the mid to early second round. Um, you know, I, I see a lot of teams out there with Saquon and Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson. Um, a lot of these these teams with that, you know, stud running back but at the end of the day he's really the foundation in the in your fantasy backfield so i couldn't be higher on washington football team's offense do you think the bottom's going to fall out at some point because i don't i don't think so i like the way they've been playing i think it's gonna i think they're gonna keep this momentum going i like their offensive coordinator uh, scott turner he was in carolina i believe with uh ron rivera as well and um, yeah, I, JT JD McKissick is an interesting guy. I've been targeting him a lot in my leagues. I don't have him on a lot of my teams. I unfortunately bought into that um, Antonio Gibson was going to turn into this Christian McCaffrey character. My mistake that you know I didn't think he would finish as like a top running back. I just thought he would be more involved in the passing attack. Um, but I was wrong. We were all wrong, and McKissick's still that guy. So. In a bunch of my 12-man PPR leagues, I am targeting J.D. McKissick as, you know, just a, just some solid, safe bench help. You know, some weeks you're going to need some flex. Uh, you're going to need a solid flex play. Maybe a, he could finish as a low, um, be a solid low and running back too. Just because of 
we've seen it last year. He had over 100 targets. This is a guy who on some weeks, you know, he's going to get four or five targets. Other weeks, you're going to see him get 11, 12 targets, and he's going to be targeted heavily out of the backfield. So, And he's a guy who might not cost that much money, and it's just nice to always have, you know, a breath of fresh air when you have solid depth on your bench. So, yeah, that's a guy. Um, you know, obviously, I don't want to get too much into uh, Scary Terry. I know I'm probably yeah. upsetting a lot of people with that, but um, I, I, yeah, with that nickname. But you know, he is who he is. I I would definitely go out there and try to buy him. He just gets it done with whoever the quarterback is, good or bad. You're pro- it's going to be hard to snag him away from anyone, considering he's you know a top six wide receiver right now. But maybe some teams might not have faith in him because of the team he plays on. Go out there. Talk to that fantasy owner. See what you can get for him. I think another interesting guy is Curtis Samuel. I was kind of high on Curtis Samuel early on. Then he had the injury. Not high as like a wide receiver too, but a guy who I can see having on my bench as a, you know, starting him as a flex play here and there because Scott Turner turned him around in Carolina and started giving him more of a offensive presence when he was over there. Um, And I know he likes him a lot. So I think he's going to get involved in the offense when he proves, you know, he's more healthy and that's a, another, you know, buy low type of guy where you probably won't have to spend a lot of money on. I would definitely go out there and try to, you know, see what his value is right there. But overall, I'm pretty impressed with Washington right now, considering that, you know, we thought Fitzpatrick was going to be that guy leading the way. And Heineke has, you know, proved us wrong that he surely can be a starting quarterback in the league and he surely can, supply all these Washington football players, fantasy stats and fantasy relevance um, moving forward. So I'm happy, man. I think it's sustainable. Um, Yeah. Don't panic and try to sell these guys. I know Antonio Gibson wasn't really giving you what you wanted earlier on, but these last couple of weeks, he's starting to put it together. Um, He's starting to look like the guy that we wanted. Heineke is basically a guy that he's, He's just like a younger version of Ryan Fitzpatrick. They do the same things. I just think that, you know, they didn't really trust. They couldn't sell to the fan base after going to the playoffs. That that defense, which looks like shit, um, some reason now, I don't know what's Terrible. going on, but um, having that young defense, this nice young core, they couldn't go to the fan base and say, hey, we got fucking Taylor Heineke as our opening day quarterback. I mean, it's a different world in the um in the preseason than it is in the regular season. There's a lot of, you know, hype. It, there's a lot of stuff around opening day. I remember when RG3 um hurt himself and he was like, remember they had a whole fucking Adidas campaign, like all in for week one. And it's like, dude, if he didn't fucking rush himself back, he'd probably still be like you know, probably out of the league by now, but he would have had a much better career and the fans probably would have taken it if he came back in week five. So, you know, I think teams like Washington football team kind of do did maybe moves like that because they thought, you know, they played the fan base a little bit and Ryan Fitzpatrick was, um, you know, a veteran. But, I mean, he, is he done for the year? No, he's not. No, he's not done for the year. I think he opted to rehab his injury as opposed to get surgery. So that's a question in itself. There's no way in hell you're going to take Heineke out if he's still performing like this once Ryan Fitzpatrick comes back. But, um, yeah, he's. I, I believe he is due to come back. Uh, 
I think it was like eight to ten weeks or eight. It's to, 12 to the weeks point for me, man. To It's to the point uh, for me, like where I, I, you know, I love Dallas's offense and I like the Cowboys as a whole. But like, if I think if um, Washington can fix their defense, whatever is going on with it, um, I could see them really giving Dallas a run for their money for the division for sure. Um, so we'll see, man. We'll see. But I, I love all those guys down there. You already know. You already know the drill. Um, all right, Mike, let's wrap it up with our iconic GCF start or sits. I try to get together, you know, not a lot of guys that are slam dunk picks. You'll see a lot on these starter sits, like starter sit Aaron Jones this week. Like, that's not what we do. These are genuine toss-up guys that we've been getting a lot of questions about, and we are here to help you get the dub this week. So let's just jump right into it. Mike, Trey Lance at Arizona if he starts. Starter set. Yeah, I, I might. This might surprise you, but I'm starting him. Why not? Uh, especially if you're in like a 12 team format. He's got a week to prep. He's a true dude. I'm threat. not starting, I'm starting him. I got to see more from him. I want to see him in a full game. Um, I'm starting Debo, though. I'm starting all the other, like the skill players and stuff. Um, I love Trey Lance after the bye week when he really has time to prepare and, and build up on the offense even more. But, um, you know, 100%, he's a sip for me. I just got to see it to believe it. Next up, Miles Sanders at Carolina. What are you thinking? I'm benching his ass. Uh, it's a tougher matchup for him, and I don't even think he's going to give flex numbers, um, or he hasn't even given flex numbers since week one. So I'm going to start him this Sanders. week just because Carolina showed, and uh, again, again, it was against Dallas, um, but they showed that you know their defense is a little bit vulnerable, and I think if you have a Miles Sanders on your team, you don't really have many options behind him. You probably took him a little high. Um, so I think let's let's give it one more shot this week. Again, flex play at best. Don't expect the world. Um, you know, but we'll see. This is probably the last week I'm starting him. If he puts up another dud, you know, we gave it a solid try. Time to fucking bounce him. Um, speaking of flex plays, Mike Chubba Hubbard versus Philly, same game. This is a guy, Mike, that he didn't really see a lot of action in the passing game. He had the um carries down but it you know didn't look like it, it wasn't a nice easy seamless fill-in for cmc let's put it that way what do you think about hubbard uh, i'm gonna start him eagles have given up the second most rushing yards six most fantasy points against running backs this year i think at the least he's gonna finish with um some flex Solid flex play number, so I'm going to start him. Allen Robinson. I'm, I'm starting Chubba Hubbard too. By the way, I think if you are, are a CMC owner, you probably have no choice. Um, if you're a guy that hawked Hubbard from a CMC owner, you know, in in twelve team leagues, a little deeper leagues, I think he's definitely a must start. Um, you know, we'll see those must starts are dropping on Thursday, and you know, we had a better week this week, so make sure you check that out. Um, next up, Mike, I feel like we're going to be talking about this guy a lot with the, the whole situation in Chicago. Um, Allen Robertson at Robinson at Vegas. Um, let me look up Robinson's numbers last week again. Not setting the world on fire. 
definitely not given they, us yeah, anything as far as a wide receiver one situation. Um, Allen Robinson, three receptions for 63 yards. I mean, you know, that's fucking 20 yard average, but they just cannot get him the ball on a regular basis. Are you still starting him? You know, this was really tough because he's been getting these duds and no thanks to his quarterbacks, but I'm still going to tough it out with Allen Robinson. I'm going to consider him a low end flex play. Just do your homework. Check, check your other bench options because you may find a better one than him and it's not his fault. We just been spoiled with Allen Robinson. Who's just always got it done with shitty quarterback play, but I'm still going to start him. Just like I said, do your homework. Check your team out. Maybe you have a better option there. All right. Next Let's up, start. I'm going to start him too. I mean, you know, I I have Allen Robinson in a lot of leagues, and he's a guy that, you know, you didn't – he's he's going to be a must-start just because his ceiling is way too high. Um, hopefully they figure something out. Hopefully more time, whether Dalton comes back or, you know, they field gets it together, but, but we'll see. Um, you know, cause it looks like Mooney might be the guy in that offense right now. We'll get to him in a minute. Um, Sam Darnold versus Philly. He's definitely a start for me. Oh, absolutely. Um, Eagles defense is nothing. The Panthers often should be scared of. Darnold's been lighting the world on fire. I expect that. To um, start AJ Dillon 100%. at Chicago, Mike, I know this one might be a little bit of a curveball, but last week it looks like he, um, you know, he got 15 carries, 81 yards. It was a blowout. Um, so they were resting Aaron Jones, but I, I am starting him. And actually he's, he's not in Chicago. He's in Cincinnati this week. I apologize. So that's even better. I think we might see the same thing. And I think he's got a lot of flex appeal this week. Um, in Cincinnati, I think it's, it could be another blowout. And I think that, um, you know, we might start to see this a little more because they like A.J. Dillon. I think that they want to get him a little bit more run. What do you think? He's a start for me, but only as a flex. Um, speaking of blowouts, the Yankees nice. are losing 6-1 to one in the eighth. But to me, I'm sitting him. Um, I still think it's too risky. Uh, he can easily put up flex numbers, but like the volume and – you know, Aaron Jones there just makes it not worth the risk for me. I feel like there might be safer options out there. I do like AJ Dillon, the running back. It's just, you know, the Next situation is in. Uh, Alex Collins of the Seahawks versus the Rams. And this is contingent on Chris Carson missing time or being limited. Um, he outpaced Carson last week. There wasn't, at first, it wasn't, oh, it wasn't because he was hurt, but, you know, then it ends up it is. He didn't practice today. What do you think? I liked his involvement last week. Like you said, the carries. He had 10 carries, and clearly, you know, they don't want to feed Carson as much. You know, maybe it was the injury. Maybe it's just he's been getting a heavy workload. Um, it's probably m more so the injury, but... I would say I am not starting him against the Rams defense. I think that's way too risky. Even if he gets, you know, the start and say 15 carries, I just can't see him doing much with uh much with it against a really good. I like Rams him, defense. but I don't like him enough to really start him. I would definitely put some fab down on him because I think, you know, if if we see um 
you know, if we see Carson seriously missing time, I think this is definitely something that, you know, Collins could be in line for a lot of targets. So definitely grab him. But this is like Mike said, this is a tough defense. So let's, um, you know, let's temper our expectations for sure. Next up, Mike, we got my fucking boy who is back, by the way. Yeah, that's right. He's back. Kenny Galladay, the man himself. Dallas. Dallas. Kenny back, baby. Let's go. Coming off his sick game. Six. Go put your fucking put your fucking Giants jersey. Seven targets, 116 yards. He's in line for heavy, heavy usage with all of these injuries to these trash. Trash Giants oh, wide receiver. Kenny sick. the God is back. He is a must-start for me, especially against um, the Dallas secondary, who's allowing – is in the bottom five, believe it or not, and I do believe it, um, for fan, uh, secondaries giving up points to fantasy wide receivers. What, what do you say about Kenny G? You're disgusting me with this Giants <laughs> You are fucking disgusting me. You should be ashamed of your fucking self. Love my guy, Kenny. Ashamed. Folks, he has a pulse, folks. There's life in Kenny Galladay. Who would have fucking thought? Uh, Yeah, he had the limited offseason in training camp. It hurt him, I think, really, um, to gain that chemistry with Daniel Jones. It's taken some time. I'm starting him. Division rival who struggled against pass. Against the past third most points against wide receivers. I'm definitely starting this week, especially, you know, there's a bunch of injuries over there. In what about Leonard Fournette this week um, going up against Miami at home? He was in our uh, stat that we gave before about how he has, he. I think he was second in touches or tied for second in touches. Um, without a touchdown last week, though, he got 20 carries against New England, 91 yards. Um, I think he's a start. I think he's a low-end RB2 play here against Miami. He gives up uh, – Miami, who gives up a ton of fantasy points. They brought Jonathan Taylor to life last week. So now that I'm thinking about it more, um, I think Fournette is probably a high-end RB2 play. But, you know, let's relax because this is the game Rojo goes off. So what are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. But I have him in the same category, as you said, um, at first low-end running back, too. I'm starting him. Stepped it up huge past week against New England. And he's even seen targets, 19 targets through four games. Um, You know, let's not forget Leonard Fournette, you know, they deemed him, you know, a running back that can't catch the ball. And then he had 100 targets in Jacksonville. So, and then they traded him. But just saying, he can do it through the air as a pass catcher. I'm and starting last, this week against Miami because they Miami do suck. And last but sucks. not least, we have Darnell Mooney against uh, the Raiders again in Vegas. Hopefully, they don't party too hard. And Mooney, who was a big, big, um, Big contributor, but big sleeper pick going into the season. A lot of people liked him. Um, He caught five balls on seven targets for 125 yards last week, Mike. He actually had one rushing attempt for 10 yards too, which was interesting, but, you know, don't count on that a lot. Even though, and I can't believe we really didn't get to this. That's an oversight on our part. We probably should have talked a little bit about Montgomery um, with being out with the injury. But, you know, go get Mm Damian Williams. Hope for the best. 
don't hope for a lot. Montgomery scored a touchdown, actually looked good, and now he's out for a couple weeks. So what are you thinking about Mooney? He's a star for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's a star for you? Really? I'm not I'm not starting him. Um, I'm not putting one big week into, into him and thinking he's going to be like this big-time receiver every week. I'm just not doing it. I know the defense isn't great there, but it's more – uh, and isn't great with Las Vegas, but it's more that I lack faith in Justin Fields and I lack faith in Darnell Mooney. I just, I'm not starting him. I'm not trusting him. I need to see more consistency first before I'm going to start putting. I Darnell definitely Mooney get that. And that's very, house. very fair, but I am just trying to be a little bit more optimistic because these guys are, you know, this offense, somebody's got to score. Somebody's got to do it. Hopefully they get, Better. I like the matchup in Vegas. Uh, the games down there have been high scoring. I think we see. I like Robinson this week. I like Mooney. You know, hopefully Fields can get it together if he does end up starting, which I think he will. Um, you know, but all, everybody's a flex play in Chicago for me. Even unfortunately, Allen Robinson. He has low end wide receiver one potential, but I mean, you got to expect flex numbers. Um, so we'll see. We'll see from all these guys. Um, you know, that's the end of it. As usual, we want to thank our patrons. Um, you know, you guys are the best. If you made it to the end of this podcast, you're probably one of them. Um, you know, make sure you guys keep hitting us up. Make sure you guys keep hitting us up on Twitter, Patreon. Make sure you check all that exclusive content that comes out um, on a week-to-week basis. Um, you know, we fucking love you guys. We couldn't do it without you. Mike, you got anything else? Nope, you said it. Um, you said it great, Sean. We love you guys. And let's go out there and fucking dominate in week five. Yankee once again, sub. peace the fuck out. <laughs>